when you are solid in this is what I want, this is what I'm doing, who wants to come along for the ride? That's how I set up my communities. I am inviting you to join my rocket ship and I'm headed to space. And if you're lucky and you wanna hang on for the entire ride, we'll end up at Pluto. Why? Because I like the planet. I know, I know. It's not a planet anymore. Yeah, wah, 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 right. Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Audience Converter Podcast for community leaders, where we are talking about the business side of building a community that makes a greater impact in the world and, of course, builds the business that you want. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host, conversion copywriter, and marketing strategist. And today, I am so excited to talk to our guest. We are talking about exactly what you need to do to be building that thriving business without reaching overwhelm, without reaching burnout. And of course, uh, I'm a huge fan of Janine Bolin, my guest today, because she's got awesome headphones that make her look like Princess Leia. uh, And that's just amazing. So I want to welcome Janine Bolin to this show. She has been a serial entrepreneur since the age of 10. She is the owner of The Eight Gates, which produces four podcast programs, 15 online coaching classes, and markets her nine books. She's also a mom of four rambunctious human beings who continue to keep her need for structure in check. Her programs and classes are all designed for one purpose, to help you have abundant cash flow while enjoying the family and friends who surround you. And of course, with her, her newer book, The Thriving Solopreneur, Nurture Your Business in Just Four Hours a Week, she covers exactly how to do that. And with running all of those many things, you know that Janine knows how to manage her time. So Janine, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. I am really thrilled. It took us a bit to get here. And now that we're here, I'm happy. So yeah, what do you want to know? What can we do to help your people? Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. So Janine, tell me a little bit, you know, I love hearing every entrepreneur's story because there's no one right way to get started on this path, to get started on this journey. So tell me a little bit about how you got to be the thriving solopreneur and uh, the owner of what was it? Five, six, four businesses (laughs) Uh, and multiple podcasts and so many books. Okay, well, you know, it doesn't happen immediately. It's something that builds upon itself. And so one of the things that I have noticed with people is, uh, please don't model your business after my story or my life. I really want you to focus in on your life. So my story started when I was 10 years old and I wanted candy and my parents wouldn't give me any money. And I thought that was rather (laughs) cruel as a 10 year old. And so I went out and I started learning how to make my own money. And so I would help people haul their groceries home and I would get paid a quarter every time. That was pretty hard work. I learned pretty quick that that manual labor is not where I wanted to be. So I knew pretty early on that I wanted to go to college because it seemed if you had a college degree, you could do more and you could make more money. Well, that's debatable now with the current uh, situations that we find ourselves in. But this was, you know, back in the dark ages, right? (laughs) 
we were, as I tell my children, we were riding dinosaurs to school back in that day. We didn't have Wi-Fi. And that's, they, they, they see it as prehistoric at that point. So my story really is just about a person who had to make money and could not earn it the way that was described by society. I did corporate America for 15 years, but then to become the type of mom I wanted to be, uh, I found out that the 15 years of work I had done previously, I couldn't do and be the type of mom. And so I highly recommend to anybody who's listening, you define first, what life do you want? What is the lifestyle you want? In my case, I had to be able to start work at 4 a.m. I had to be able to run my kids to four different schools. I didn't want to pay for daycare because all the hard work and money I was putting in, I still had to be able to take care of my children. And then I needed to be able to nap sometime in the middle of the day so that I could work into the dark hours of the night doing stuff for my business. And I was totally okay with that sort of process as long as I was able to make money. And so that's what I encourage people to do. Figure out what is the lifestyle that you want first then build your business into the cracks of that lifestyle. And people will say, well, there's no way you can make money at that. And I say, au contraire, you just have to do things differently than what anybody else is doing them. Because your life doesn't look anything like any other entrepreneur. This is something that Kimberly and I were talking about before we came on the show today. So that is my, that's my foundation. The very first thing, get out that vision board that you hate doing because everybody is doing it. I really encourage you, do a freaking vision board. I don't care if you already have a business that is making $5 million. That vision board is what is going to drive the business because it emotes for you what you want to do. And then from there, we can move forward. So I know you wanted my story, but... I'm like, my story's okay, but it's really the, your story. You know, the person that's listening, your, your business, that's what's important here. Absolutely. You know, the first thought that came to my mind when Janine was talking about her ideal life because she wanted to, to have the type of mom that she wanted to be, right, was, of course not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The only time I want to see 4 a.m. is if I'm still up from the night before dancing the night away. Uh, so, you know, that's what's really important, though, when talking about building our businesses, when talking about building a community, when talking about how you want to define success for yourself. This is one of the things I tell my clients all the time. You need to define what success looks like for you before you write a single word of copy, before you put any kind of marketing campaign in place, because your success does not look like everybody else's success. It's what you define as success. So I love that you open the story with that. You're describing your ideal life. You're describing what your ideal day looks like. And my first thought was, that is not my ideal day. I don't want to be up at 4 a.m. I want to be up at like 8 a.m. Maybe, you know, I'm not a morning person. But that's what's so clear and so important for so many people is to define what your lifestyle looks like. And a lot of people skip that step. And it is funny. I've actually given clients their money back and said, okay, I'm going to take out the two hours that I was on you know, the strategic meeting with you. But the big thing is, is you desperately need to know what it is that you wanna do with your life because if you don't know that, then you're just using a shotgun approach as people have said over and over in your marketing and your strategy, and you're just trying to throw, throw spaghetti against the wall, see what sticks. You know, We all have heard these metaphors. Well, there's a reason why that is those metaphors are out there and almost to the point of being stereotypical <laughs> because, <laughs> because so many people do that. So if you don't know what kind of life you want, that is your work for today. 
and over the weekend and for the week that follows. Your thinking time needs to be on, well, what kind of life do I want? And sometimes it starts with something as simple as not what I have right now. Like, I know, exactly, I, I know exactly what I don't want, but what I have right now, which means something pretty intense, which means now you've got to start changing. Now, what are you going to change? And I always go to my calendar. That's the very first thing I do is I go to my calendar and I go, okay, I don't like what I have right now. What can I change in my calendar? And I start making choices immediately, knowing, perfectly well aware that it may take one or two weeks to get out of whatever I am in if I have overwhelmed myself or I did something too much because of the momentum that I already have regarding that. But knowing full well that it will clear and I will have a better life at the end of that week or two weeks from that momentum. You know, I, I want everyone to stop, take a moment, take that in. It might take a week or two for this change to happen. <laughs> I, I feel there's just this perception for so many people that when you decide I'm going to make that change, it's going to happen immediately. And don't get me wrong, there are things that you can decide to make a change immediately. For example, if you decide today that the 20 minutes that you've been scrolling on Facebook is suddenly going to become you scrolling on Facebook on the treadmill, you can make that change today. Okay, good luck. Go for it. But so much of the time when we get overwhelmed, we're like, oh, I need everything to stop now. But to clear your schedule, to put that process in place. It is going to take a week or two. And so give yourself permission to not get it done immediately, right? Give yourself permission that it's okay to take the time to do it right because if you don't, then you're just going to have to redo everything again and it's going to take twice or three times as long. It's a lot of fun to talk to people that may not have an awareness of time management. You're aware that your time is being spent, but you don't know where it is going. And I am not a big, big advocate. You know, they're like, well, if you want to know what you're doing, just write down everything you're doing in a day. That always overwhelmed me. I was like, you are kidding me. I'm a mother of four children. I'm in the car 90% of the time during waking hours. The only time I have time to think is the five or 15 seconds before I pass out in bed at night. I'm not going to sit there and add to that day. However, I was able to take control of my calendar. And my calendar is my dashboard. If it, and my children know this, and so do my clients. If it's not on my calendar, it does not exist. Because what is on my calendar is what I have said yes to. I do not focus on what I've said no to. And I think a lot of times business owners get entrapped. It's almost entrapment for themselves where they think they're losing opportunities. And I say, that's impossible. Opportunities are always right behind the first one. If you say no to one, there's going to be 15 more coming online. I think 2020 taught us that. All the old rules, all the old, old concepts of, you know, you've got to get this opportunity now because another one will never come in again. Your ship has sailed. It only oppor opportunity, what, knocks once? I'm like, excuse <laughs> me? We have 8 billion people on the planet now. Opportunity is going to be knocking continuously. So you have to decide what fits into the lifestyle you want to create for yourself. Absolutely. The, the phrase you used earlier, right? Building the business in the cracks of the life that you want, as opposed to what so many of us take the approach of is, oh, well, I have to focus on my business first and then whatever else happens will happen. And eventually I'll get the life that I want to build. And every entrepreneur I have ever spoken with who is like, I wanted more freedom. The only way they had 
that happen. The only way they made it happen was just declaring, okay, you know what? Tuesdays, I'm not working. Therefore, I'm going to block off Tuesday. No one can book my time and I'm going to make it work because that's what's going to happen. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about what should you be spending your time on? How can you decide, you know, you, you mentioned building your business in the cracks of your life. So what kind of things can we start to put into those cracks that won't take too much effort to start that slow transition? Well, it depends on you and what you're going to allow yourself to do, because there's always a fear that what you're doing is not going to work. And I want to assure you, if this is your ideal life and this is what you want, you will find a way to make it work or opportunities will present themselves because you've now given yourself permission to allow it to work. Okay. And so that it's more the mindset that you go into it, such as, I don't know how this is going to work yet, but I'll let you know, as of this recording, uh, we're coming up on some, you know, spring and I'm looking at summer and the things that are happening in my, my life and with my family, I know I have to take the whole summer off. Now that is pretty devastating for my cash flow, so to speak, but I know that's not going to be a problem because I have other things that I am working on that I know will be in place that will keep cash flow moving, even though I'm having to take it off. Now, I will be working on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but that's it. And that's a far cry from what I'm doing in this month, which is working five days a week. So I know I have the freedom to do that. I know I'm going to have to make strategic choices and I am learning how to build those systems to make that happen. So when you're talking about what are the things or first steps people can take, number one is defining when will you allow people to book time with you? When are you going to spend time actually working in the business versus working on the business? So that was something that was very difficult for me at first. Uh, you know, I, I started my first business. I won't tell you when, but I will let you know the first time I heard that, um, <laughs> that saying of work on your business, not in your business. I remember I stared at that man and he was standing toe to toe with me. And I'm like, what are you saying? Now that man I was staying, standing toe to toe with was Brian Tracy. No, oh, some good advice to get from somebody. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. What is the difference between working on your business and working in your business? And then someone else asked him a question and he was pulled away from what I was talking to him about. And that happens in life, right? If you're not ready for the answer that that you know, at the time he was making a million dollars a year <laughs> as a salesman and that was big bucks. Okay. That was pretty high, 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 uh, money, but he, uh, people will get pulled away. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Right. But, uh, anyhow, so, th so that's one of the things that if you're not ready for the answer, it's not going to come. So please trust the process that when you're ready for the answers, they will show up and it, it's not going to show up if you don't have the right mindset or you're not giving yourself permission. So I have found my business really kicks off and grows expansively when I make choices that are in my personal highest and best good. So when I stopped working on Mondays and Fridays, now when I say working, I'm still working in the business, okay? It's just I'm doing the vision part, I'm doing the marketing, I'm getting prospecting. Those are Mondays and Fridays. And I had Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays where I was meeting with people, I was doing my coaching services and my online programs. As soon as I started making my work weeks shorter and shorter and shorter, my income went up. And that did not make rational sense to the very analytical side of my personality. <laughs> However, to the artist 
And to the illustrator part of my personality, we were like, woohoo, we're free to do what we want now. And because of that relaxation, I was able to then focus my time and energy on opportunities that had always been there, but I could not see them for the details of life. You know, uh, there's this uh, idea, right? It's called, I think, uh, the vacation effect. I, I have a friend who, who focuses on this, and it's that idea that you get all these things done right before you're going to go on vacation, right? Because you want to be free to enjoy your vacation. So suddenly, all those things that have been on your to-do list for months, they get done in the blink of an eye. And that's why it's so important for you to define what the lifestyle you want to have is. Because if you let circumstance dictate what your schedule looks like, it's never going to be what you want it to be. You need to do the visioning, right? You need to make that declaration. Okay, this is what my ideal schedule looks like. This is what I'm going to do. I've done the same thing, right? Specific days of the week are for me to work with clients and to work on client work. Other days of the week are for me to work on my marketing, to work on the podcast, to work on those types of things. And uh, you know what? If it happens that a, a day comes up and it's a client day and I've got nothing to do with client work because I'm all caught up or, you know, maybe I'm in between projects, whatever it looks like, then I don't, oh, okay, now it's time for me to go work on my marketing. No, that is not what that day is for. So then I get the day off or I can declare that I want the day off and I make it happen so that the next Wednesday that's coming up, right? I don't have any, anything scheduled. I've blocked the day off because I wanted a day off. That's the way it's going to happen. That's the way you're going to make it work. And it's so important for you to take the time to decide that, right? I feel so many of us are looking for that quick fix. We're looking for that, uh, what is that tool? What is that resource? What is that method that I can use that we kind of forget? Well, it starts with you declaring what success looks like. And that's what we've been talking about this whole time. And I also want to remind people that you personally are the quick fix. You <laughs> are the quick fix. Uh, how do I fix this real quick? Well, first of all, I need to stand up and get away from my computer and go take a walk around the block. Or uh, I even uh, march in, inside sometimes because I'm in Colorado and sometimes the snow is too deep to go for a walk around the block. But <laughs> I stand in place and march or whatever. I move because I found that if I'm sitting and I'm not moving, then nothing's happening. I'm not going to come up with the, the fix, right? And a lot of times it's I don't need to fix anything. I have the wrong perspective. And as soon as I get up and move and start looking around, I realize, oh my gosh, I already have that. And you remember, you bought that software package two years ago when it was being beta tested. You don't need to buy something new. That's happened more than once. I'm, I always share that with people. It's like you get running so fast and so intensely that sometimes you forget you have all the resources. So this is something I want to encourage folks is that if you have an idea and you don't know how to make that implement that idea, do not spend any money. Sit with it for a minute and you will realize you have everything you need to implement that idea. Don't spend any money. Just think because you are the quick fix. I love that phrase. You are the quick fix. Right? So many of us look for the external. What is the external that I can do? But it starts with you. It starts with yourself. It starts with your ideals, your vision, um, your plan, your purpose for, for doing what you do. Right? Um, and as an AppSumo junkie, I think I've mentioned this several times on the podcast, right? It's so tempting. Oh, look, there's a new tool. It does this, this, this. Wait a minute. Don't I have one of those already? Oh, I guess I do. But this one looks so cool. No, 
keep using the one you have. Um, you know, I think I've gotten like two or three different versions of um, a particular tool and I still don't use them because I haven't implemented that part of my marketing process yet. Uh, it's, it's on the schedule. It's happening in the summer. But, you know, it's, it's powerful to, to realize that you are where it starts, right? You are where it starts and you are where it stops. Most of us are the bottlenecks in our business, but part of that is because we haven't taken the time to sit down and decide what does that look like? So, you know, I want to transition a little bit here, Janine. We have talked a lot about the importance of mindset, the importance of time management, and the importance of really defining what your successful uh, ideal life looks like. And one of the things that we mentioned at the very beginning was that you have several programs, you've got several podcasts, you've written a bunch of books. And a part of what you do is you really do build a great community around the different things that you teach people because you know the power of having that support. So tell me a little bit about kind of where you find and where you meet your community members and how you get them into, into your world. Well, first, uh, it's going to start with you again. Uh, it's going to start with the business owner. Do not build a community when you're in a bad mood. Do not build a community or reach out to people when you are anything but at a good peak or at a great place emotionally. And I don't care what you have to do to get yourself there, although I discourage drinking early hours, but I just, you know, you really have to be in a good emotional place before you ever start doing any kind of networking. And please realize your community, whatever it looks like or whatever you're building, you need to be solid. I mean, like standing on concrete, solid about who you are and what your business is doing. Do not sit there and try to build a community to have them parrot back to you what they want. I see this happening over and over and over with business owners that I train and my clients, where somebody has said something like, we start off on a marketing program or we have them on our podcast sponsorship reel or something like that. And then all of a sudden, because somebody in their community got a little hurt or because their spouse happened to listen to the commercial or something like that, they're asking me and my team of 17 people to totally shift gears based on one person's perspective. Okay. Now I know a lot of business owners are probably like, oh, I would never do that. But I do want you to realize that when you are solid in this is what I want, this is what I'm doing, who wants to come along for the ride? That's how I set up my communities. I am inviting you to join my rocket ship and I'm headed to space. And if you're lucky and you want to hang on for the entire ride, we'll end up at Pluto. Why? Because I like the planet. I know. Not it's a planet not a planet anymore. anymore. Yeah, why, why, why? It's so right, devastating yeah. to me. <laughs> I always love bringing Pluto up because the conversation immediately kicks off. And so, <laughs> anyway, figure out where you are solid and you let people know where you are going. So, this is where I am and I am headed to Pluto. And if you want to ride my rocket ship, this is where I am going. You're welcome to join along. And then you can stop at any time. You can unsubscribe at any time. You can let go at any time. And what is amazing to me is how people make it very complicated uh, about how to do, how to build community when it's like, look, you just want to surround you with people who think what you're doing is cool. You don't have to put on a facade. You don't have to put on anything. You don't have to make yourself look bigger or look more important because then you'll just have clients or you'll have a community that doesn't know the real you. And as a business owner, that's devastating and your pocketbook will show that. 
your pocketbook will show the fact that you are using a facade. So this is the joke I like to use because I was part of circus and entertainment for a period of time. The little boy looks up at the clown and says, why do you wear a mask? And the clown turns to the little boy and says, everybody wears masks. You can just see mine. And so you need to be the clown. You need to be like, I'm aware of the mask I am presenting to you because I want to have certain privacy in my life. However, the mask I'm wearing, I have made myself and it is as authentic a presentation as I know how to give based on my core being. So I tell people, look, I am practical. I am pragmatic. I am down to earth. I am one of those people that do not ask me for my opinion because I will give it to you unvarnished and direct. Because if you tell me a line of BS, I'm going to call you on BS because that's the type of person I am. But people love that about me. Okay. People also hate that about me. The people that do not like that aspect of me are not my people. They are not my community. And I don't worry about those people. I worry about the people that went, I love that. I need directness. I want that from you, blah, blah. Okay. So that's the biggest thing on building community is make sure that you are in a very solid understanding of who and what you are and what you want to present that is as authentic as you can be in total alignment with your personality so that you attract the people that want something similar to that in their own life. Absolutely. This is something I have talked about again and again and again, because when people come to me, they ask, well, this is what I do. This is who I serve. This is how I do it. I don't know how to say that in marketing speak. And I tell them, look, there is no marketing speak. Now, if you have to follow a franchise and and comply with corporate and blah, 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 and it's not really your business, you're just borrowing somebody else's, then okay, sure, fine. You have to do it in marketing speak. But when it's your business, it's your brand, it's your values, it's your mission, it's your services, it's you. Your marketing needs to be a reflection of working with you. I approach all marketing as this is a small taste of what it's like to work with me. If people don't like it, I rejoice because they unsubscribe and then I don't have to worry about that anymore. Because here's the deal. Every time you send an email, statistically speaking, you should expect at least one person to unsubscribe. And that's good news for you. It's fantastic news for you. It means you have once again identified another person who's not the right best fit to work with you. Because what happens if you get that person on the phone, they start talking with you and they're like, yeah, I want to invest. And you're thinking to yourself, I can't help this person or this is not the best fit for me. Like, yes, I could help them do what they want to do, but they're not the type of person that I want to be working with, right? Maybe they work in an industry that you're not interested in learning more about. Maybe uh, they're not in the right place mentally to be open to coaching with you. Whatever it is, you want to be yourself, right? I've had all kinds of variations on this question. Um, Can I curse in my emails? Can I write long and flowy language in my emails? Are my emails too long? Are they too short? And I say, look, if people don't like your long emails, are they going to like your long presentations? Are they going to like the really long answers you give them when they talk with you as a coach? Probably not. So why should you uh, censor yourself? Why should you be something you're not when promoting your own business and what you do, because not only is it going to create this mask that is stressful for you, as Janine was saying, but you're also going to create a disconnect. 
so that when people see your marketing, they're expecting one thing. And then when they start to work with you, they get something completely different. It breaks the trust. It breaks the, the no like, and trust factor. It, it breaks uh, their expectations. And suddenly they don't have a great experience, which is not, a, it's a lose-lose for everybody. So absolutely, you want to make sure to, to be in the right place when you're doing your networking. I think that's a really great solid plan, right? Be, be on concrete. Uh, when you're when you're going to go out and reach and, and build your community, but also be yourself, be you. Choose how much of yourself you want to share. That's completely fine, right? We all have the aspects we don't want to share with the public. That's perfectly fine. In fact, I encourage you to do that, but don't be someone you're not because it's just going to be a stressful situation for you and for everyone around you too. So it's a lot of fun to build community. It's always nice to have a bunch of folks who are kind of cheering you on. I understand. Yes, exactly. I have pom-poms beside me that I shake when I'm on Zoom calls and stuff. Why? Because as a business owner, I know how challenging it is for other business owners. So when you're networking and you're trying, you know, working toward building your community, just realize that not all of those people are going to be your clients. Some of them are just there to let you know, I'm listening to you keep going and take heart. Don't have a level of expectation that's unrealistic for your Facebook group. You know, the numbers are not as important as people hitting the like button and people, you know, commenting. I have had many business owners come to me and say, yeah, I have a lot of people, you know, they'll give me 800 likes, but nobody's commenting. And they were all down in the mouth about that. And I'm like, okay, number one, you had 800 people hit the like button and you're not celebrating. I'm lucky <laughs> if I get 125, right? I'm you know, I'm like, 10. <laughs> right. There are some of us that are like, we all start at zero, right? It's like, as, as one, one of my college <laughs> students told me, you know, it's me and my mom on my newsletter right now, right? <laughs> it's like, Absolutely. We, we all start there. We all start at zero. And so the thing is, is to support each other. Just don't expect everybody to be your, your client and hand you money. However, if they can get you on a podcast or if they can get you in front of their community, that's how you can co-create community together. And I do a lot of collaborations. And of course, people didn't understand that uh, when I first started doing collabs, that wasn't even a, a word. What do you mean collaborate? You know, because they were still in the things have to be win-win, but they hadn't hit that win-win win part. They hadn't hit that third part when I first started running businesses. And so nowadays, I love it that I can reach out to a Kimberly and say, hey, you've got the audience converter. I've got the thriving solopreneur. Is this good for our communities? And the answer is not only yes, but yes, with big Absolutely. capital exclamation points, right? Because <laughs> this, <laughs> because what we're doing is not in direct competition. And what we're doing is going to serve our people very well. So thank you again, Kimberly, for letting me be on the show today. Absolutely. And, you know, we're almost out of time here, Janine. So what would you say is that first step someone should take so they can become the thriving solopreneur and build the life that they're looking to build? Uh, right. So the very first step is breathe. I know that sounds very basic and very silly. However, I find that sometimes when I'm under extreme stress or the deadlines crept up on me or, you know, pick a feature of life, right? I forget to breathe and I have to remind myself. So I have a little app on my desktop that goes into my phone, or into my headphones, where it's a Tibetan bell, just ding, because I was raised in Japan. So, you know, I'm used to hearing gongs. And so it's a gong. And what is that gong there for? Every... <laughs> 30 minutes, it reminds me to take a very deep 
breath because we stop doing that. We stop deep breathing. And I know that's very hip these days with the yoga and everything, but honestly, it's just good practice. Um, the other thing is after you've taken that first step of just remind yourself to breathe and set alarms if necessary. If you're like me and you get into coding and you'll forget, you'll forget time and space, right? Um, the second thing to remind yourself to do is do you have a day of the week that's only for you? And that day of the week is one or two hours that you spend that all you do is contemplate, how do I want this next week to look? And I call it my happy Sunday time. This is my, my quote, quote, perfect life. And I sit down and it's usually 6 a.m. on Sunday. You will find me sitting at my desk, have my cup of coffee, and I will be writing out what will be successful for me this week. And I only, I only put three things. What are three things I can do this week that that is a successful week? And there are weeks where I'm done by Monday at 5 p.m. And I jump around doing the Snoopy happy dance. Woohoo! That's great. <laughs> um, because I'm, all, I'm done for the week. Now I still have my appointments and stuff. But that's the next step for you folks is make sure you're spending one day a week where you're creating the perfect next week. So if you need that to be Friday night or Saturday or Sunday, whatever is appropriate for your business. But that is an appointment I never, ever miss. That's how important that is to my happiness and uh, my success. Absolutely. I love that idea. And, you know, I've heard this before, right? Pre-planning your week, knowing what uh, success looks like, that kind of all ties into what we've been covering here today. So Janine, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your wisdom with me and with my audience. If people want to learn more about you and what you do, well, where should they go? Probably the best thing they can do is connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Janine Bolin, LinkedIn at Janine Bolin. And that's the best way to really get to know me because then I will start messaging you in a series of emails that will give you information and that sort of thing. If you want to skip the sequencing that I use in my LinkedIn messaging that runs for about three months, you can skip all that and you can go direct to my website, which is janinebolin.com. And there's very passive marketing on that website because it's my personal website. I built it during 2020 because of what was going on. And so no judging, please. It's very basic. It's very simplistic. But and at the same okay. time, <laughs> don't, if you, as I tell people, if you want super snazzy, then pay me a few thousand dollars more an hour. <laughs> but it will give you direct information. And there's a lot of videos that I have there as well as a podcast that gives you good tips for running your business. Awesome. Thanks again, Janine, for being here, for being on to the Audience Converter Podcast. Until next time, everybody, keep calm, carry on, and uh, plan out your week. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.